If one of the hardest things to figure out these days is what to watch next, first of all, congrats. Second of all, you should check out HBO Max. Discover something new to watch on HBO Max like Lovecraft Country, the new HBO series from Jordan Peele, Misha Green, and J.J. Abrams that's got everyone buzzing. Plus, HBO Max is the only place you'll find new binge-worthy Max originals like Selena Gomez's new cooking show. You heard that right, Selena Gomez's Learning to Cook, from some of the world's best chefs, no less. Find your next favorite all in one place on HBO Max. Start streaming today, download the app, or visit hbomax.com to start your free trial. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. I'm your pal Charlie Harding. And we are recording live in Los Angeles after a summer of pop hits of yore from the Beach Boys to Beyonce. We have many milestones to celebrate, one of which is that you actually live in Los Angeles now and we are going to be doing this in person, no longer a long distance relationship. It's very exciting. We'll see if the show can survive it. The other exciting thing is that today we get to talk about probably the biggest tracks of the summer and they're both by drake <laughs> drake versus drake yes two of the 500 tracks off his <laughs> latest album scorpion yeah and uh we're each gonna dig into one of them these songs have been inescapable all summer but hopefully you've never thought about them like this <laughs> okay. charlie can i kick it off yes please what do you got? all right in my feelings let's listen to the hook kiki do you love me are you writing say you never ever leave beside me because i want you and i need you and i'm down for you always kb do you love me are you riding say you never ever leave from beside me because i want you and i need you and i'm down for you there's a lot going on in this track so but for our discussion we're just focused on this hook not that there's not more to say about the song great outro all sorts of fascinating stuff happening with the drum beats, but we're just going to look at this hook. Okay. Because to me, this hook captures the essence of this song, which in my mind is all like a meditation on masculinity. Oh, oh wow. Fascinating. Because the very first thing we hear in the song is Drake saying, in my feelings, I got to mm. keep it real. Mm. And to me, the mm. song is absolutely a battle of trying to keep it real in the sense of being honest and not keeping in your feelings the way macho culture teaches us to. This is why I moved to California was to learn how to have feelings. <laughs> it's been really important for me. All right, then pay attention to the following. <laughs> okay. Because I think this song in some ways is a battle between Drake being able to express his feelings, uh -huh. be in his feelings, yeah. and the sort of socio-cultural forces that tell men, no, keep your feelings inside. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm so thrilled. I don't know how you're going to accomplish this in this little chorus. Well, it all starts with the chord progression that's underlying this hook. Okay. Let's just listen to the very beginning of the hook for a second. Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? Say you never ever leave from beside me. Cause I want you and I need you. And I'm down for you always, KB. Let's just focus in on that background part, the more harmonic part of this song that goes da da da. Ooh, yeah. I didn't even notice. You just like Broadway this whole thing. <laughs> One, oh, um, <laughs> let's just zoom in on that part by okay. isolating just those chords for okay. a second. 
Ooh, yeah, you just it, made a face. Oh, tell me, like, tell me about that face. It's like it's crunchy and sweet. Yeah, at the these same are time. these are really deep chords. They're extended. They've got a lot of chromatic notes in them. Something mm. we've talked about before that gives chords like this kind of spacey, uh, kind of open sound. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's something else kind of strange going on here because basically we're oscillating between two chords: a mm-hmm. D flat chord and a C minor chord. If we even simplify this groove a little bit, yeah. you can hear how it's just moving from a D flat chord to a C minor chord. So this is like the simple version of this sample. Okay. Well, that's so well disguised because those two chords are a very dissonant step away from each other. They're too close they're right next to each other, one note away. And typically you think that they're going to step on each other and create suspense in a bad way. Yeah. Like the minor second interval is the Jaws interval. Right, right. It usually creates angstiness. Well, in this case, I still hear an uncertainty here, yeah. Charlie. And it's, I mean, as you point out, I think it's because these chords are right next to each other in a way that's kind of odd. And in the case of like a Jaws soundtrack would <laughs> yeah. make you feel really, really uncomfortable. Yeah. It still does make me feel uncomfortable. And I think this is our first like hurdle of masculinity <laughs> in the song is the huh. challenge to be like okay with that uncertainty and mm. the openness of these chords. Mm. And I have one more piece of evidence in favor of this interpretation, okay. which is that there's something even more uncomfortable going on with these harmonies. Hmm. As I said, we move from D flat to C minor. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we could say that either of those chords are like the key of this song, the home, the tonal center of this song. Oh, okay. I think I know where you're going with this. In I had to notice this. Yeah. yeah. In fact, the tonal center of this song is a chord that we never hear. Huh. And that is, big reveal, A flat major. Like, that feels great, right? (laughs) That's the home we've been missing in this whole song. Yeah. So just to be clear, we never hear that chord. Right. That's the phantom chord (laughs) in this song. Yeah. And I think, again, the challenge for Drake and the challenge for us listening is to, like, be okay with not having that closure. Oh, yeah. Like, being open to change and possibility. And in the case of this song, to be, like, open to getting into your feelings. This is the same technique we talked about, actually, on our last episode about Beyonce's Crazy in Love, in which ding, in ding, ding. the yeah. chorus, there is similarly no resolve. And we talked about that creating a real sort of sense of heat in the track. Right. So it's like the same technique being used to a very different end. Yeah. Because if in Beyonce, Katy Perry, etc., that sense of like tonal uncertainty was mm-hmm. used to create tension and vibration and like heat of the dance floor yeah here it's being used to create a different kind of tension a tension of like almost like lost suspension where do i belong precisely the uncertainty of my feelings and then we're hearing that throughout the song we're hearing right. that da, da, da. i also like in the chords they have sort of one chord lands you get that nice little melody and then you get a change in the harmonic rhythm where the second chord plays this really neat rhythm that supports the underlying oh i see right that that kind of pulse yeah Yeah, let's let's spin that one more time (laughs) 
So each chord sort of has its own personality as well based on how the rhythm is played. Yeah, exactly. So harmonically, I think the song has an uncertainty that Drake is really capitalizing on to have this message of like fighting in and against masculinity. Yeah. All right. Second way this hook captures this. Yeah is the structure of the melody. And I'm talking like Drake's main line, Kiki, do you love me? Because we just listened to the full hook, but actually this is almost like, it's cool, it's like a cellular hook. And what I mean by that is we can kind of divide it up into four melodic sections. Hmm. So let's take it one section at a time. Let's just start with what I hear as kind of the first cell of this hook. Okay. Kiki, do you love me? Are you writing? Say you never ever leave. Okay, that's cell one, right? That's like a firm, coherent, melodic idea. And then we're going to get one that's very similar. This is cell two, but it's slightly different. From beside me, because I want you, and I need you, and I'm down for you always. So almost the same, but a slight melodic variation. Yeah. Okay, so say we've got cell one, cell two. Now cell three is going to be exactly the same as cell one. Okay. So A, B, A, or like A, A, prime Oh, yeah. A. Let's, let's yeah. use screw numbers. Let's use yeah. letters. A, B, A. Here's, okay. So here's A2. Right? So A, B, A. And then we expect maybe at this point another B, right? Right. Because we've had two identical A's, and now it would logically, I guess, like ask for another B. Oh. But that's not what we get. Okay. Oh, he goes down. Yeah. You yeah. hear there's just a slight variation there. Let's put the two B sections back to back for a sec. Okay. It's so minute, but there's a point where his voice drops down. Right. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And that changes everything to me because all of a sudden we've gone from like pure mathematical formula, mm-hmm. which in this extended analogy I'm making would be rigid masculinity. <laughs> okay. But he does this deviation, right? Mm-hmm. Where he goes down into his feelings oh, and yeah. sort of like shows his ability to defer from the norm Hmm. so i it's a very small moment but one that seems significant every time that chorus comes around this is a really fun way to hear it because it could just be the same exact thing right it could be the same exact melody but no there's that small variation i think there's like a world of meaning in that huh you know obviously these decisions as they're happening in the studio are probably entirely coming from a place of intuition but i don't think that matters i think we can still hear it in this way and dig out whatever meaning it means to us because certainly in my feelings has underneath these issues of how do I get in touch with my feelings? Yeah, no, no, I, I don't mean to say that this was all meticulously plotted by uh, Drake, uh, Trap Money, Benny, yeah. <laughs> Forty, and Black and Mild, the producers of this song. Yeah. I think as you said, these things happen naturally as you're in the studio making a song and then you know people like us can come along and <laughs> hyperanalyze it to death. And if someone else out there has another reading, I'd love to hear it. But for now, let's continue. Okay, next we get to a really important element of the song, and I think one that we'll continue to talk about, which is the influence of New Orleans bounce on this song. Mm. 
New Orleans Bounce is a style that's been around since the 80s. It's like hyper, frenetic, super percussive, features yeah. like really in your face, often like screamed vocals. It is music to get you on the dance floor and partying all day long on a second line wherever. It's like it gets you it's so pumped up. Yeah. And I think we'll talk about it's very associated with queer and other marginalized voices, right? Mm -hmm. So in this sense, I wonder if we can read all these like incursions of New Orleans bounce into the very demure harmonies that we heard earlier huh. as sort of like those voices, those non-normative voices saying like, no, Drake, get in your feelings. Don't be afraid. <laughs> you know, come with us and yeah. explore this side. Because they're always there in the background. Like if we listen to the hook, we'll hear the voices oh, yeah. of Magnolia Shorty uh, and City Girls, two you know, very well-known bounce acts, one a little older. Uh, and, and unfortunately, Magnolia Shorty no longer with us. Yeah. City Girls, very much of the moment. And we can hear these female bounce voices like entreating Drake to come into his feelings. <laughs> Not only that, there are some moments in the song where the whole fabric kind of rips open and bounce like emerges into the four. Yeah. And here's what I mean. Let's yeah. let, let's go to the, the first time I hear we have like a bounce insurgency okay. kind of breaking the texture of the song before we move forward i, I want to go back and hear those those sort of sneaky voices that are in the background okay great yeah let's listen to the hook again and this time focus in on the the female voices shouting in the background kiki do you love me are you writing say you never ever leave from beside me because i want you especially in the I second half here and i'm down for you always kb do you love me are you writing say you never ever leave Right, yeah. saying, let's go, let's go, let's go. To right. me, that's like, let's go get in our feelings. Yeah. Let's uh -huh. go abandon the norms of masculinity. Uh -huh. And then I think as the song progresses, that bounce feeling is constantly trying to like assert itself. Yeah. This happens three times. Hmm. Okay, The first time is towards the beginning of the song, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, those beautiful chords we heard just mm -hmm. break down into like a pure clapping texture. Yeah. Let's listen to that. And I'm down for you but the new me is really still the real me. I swear you gotta feel me before they try and kill me. They gotta make some choices. They run it out of option. Cause I've been going off and they don't know when to stop. And when you get the top and I see that you've been... So that relentless clapping, kind of yep. a trademark of the bounce sound. Yes. But not like, the not the most serious bounce takeover yet. No, not yet. No, no, no. Still, we get, we get claps throughout all sorts of different genres of hip hop. Right. This is just the, the first wave though. Yeah. If we go to the middle of the song, we get a slightly longer and more intense bounce interjection. It's a great verse. Right? So this amazing bounce incursion for Magnolia, Shorty, and City Girls. But then we're back into the dominant texture of the song. So it's like, once again, I hear bounce and non-heteronormativity, like trying to assert itself, yeah. and then getting pushed back. Uh. But then the third bounce insurrection <laughs> happens. I'm going to guess it's undeniable. <laughs> Let's hear it. Now 
let me see you. That is a classic bounce breakdown. Yeah, it's so exciting and pumps you up so much. And then what happens afterwards is interesting too, because now after this third like bounce takeover, yeah, it seems to like have installed itself into the heart of the song, and mm. it's saying like, yes, you will get in your feelings. Hmm. Yes, you will abandon this macho nonsense and allow hmm. yourself to be like a, a deep person who's in touch with their emotions so it's like to me i love the arc of this song in that respect mm. one two three bounce explosions and finally we like reach this point of catharsis at the end wow <laughs> <laughs> that's all you got yeah that's all i got charles it's a beautiful thing i spent a lot of time getting deep into bounce music and getting to know the sound, something I, I was not that familiar yeah. with before these Drake tracks. And I'm excited to go into the next song because I think it does an amazing job at paying homage to bounce music. And I want to go into some of that history, those sounds, how we can identify bounce. And this is important because you know Drake has a sort of uh, difficult record with mm. using music of other cultures and, right. and how he cites or does not cite. But I think that this is... Um, pretty phenomenal example of of just doing it right i can't wait to hear more second half take a quick break we'll check in our with our feelings and see you on the other side (laughs) i'm excited to have a little therapy session all right right. perfect searching for what to stream next hbo max is where all of hbo meets the greatest collection of movies shows and max originals for everyone in the family Discover something fresh to watch with new HBO series like Lovecraft Country from Jordan Peele, Misha Green, and J.J. Abrams, or The Undoing, starring Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. You can also jump into a new Max original like Selena Gomez's new cooking show, Selena and Chef, or The Flight Attendant, a dark new comedic thriller starring Kaylee Cuoco. Ridley Scott's even producing a new series called Raised by Wolves. Whether you want to rewatch classic favorites or finally get into that show your friends have recommended a thousand times, HBO Max has something for everyone. Start streaming today and find your next favorite. Download the app or visit hbomax.com to start your free trial. Support for this podcast comes from the IT experts at CDW, people who get it. At CDW, we get the future workplace works differently. Today's my first day back. Almost forgot what floor we were on. Understandable. But with modern health and safety technology orchestrated by CDW, the future can work better. Technology like thermal screening and occupancy tracking enables employees to walk confidently into the office. Wait, this isn't my floor. Is this even my building? Even if it's been a while. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash work. I think one of the things that Drake does at his best is highlighting the other artists and producers mm. who inform the music that he's making. Yeah. And on Nice For What, he does exactly that. This is a great track. This is the other yes. bounce style track on the 
732 tracks off of Scorpion. <laughs> it's just going to keep expanding. It, yeah. yeah, it gets longer. And like with both of these are fully in the NOLA bounce tradition. And, mm. and here we've got a, another track produced by folks he works with a lot. we got Murda Beats, Noah Forty Shabib, and uh, Corey Litwin. But really important is that this track is also produced by DJ Black and Mild, who is a NOLA bounce staple and includes right. voices from Big Frida and Fifth War Weeby, who are just sort of like you know the pantheon of bounce. Yeah, Black and Mild also responsible for uh, the bounce sections of In My Feelings. Yeah, yeah, cool. I don't have a deconstruction of toxic masculinity to bring to this track, <laughs> but I do think that this has a lot to teach us about other really important history. And, and frankly, it's just a really hot song. I think the first Indeed. thing that you're going to notice is the background sample. And this is a, a really fun Lauren Hill uh, sample from X Factor. Drake takes this and makes it upbeat, makes it a little chipmunk solely. So on the 20th anniversary of Lauryn Hill's, you know, extraordinary single album. Yeah. This is a good sample to grab. Totally. And, and underneath it, the song has a really powerful female empowerment message. He tries to really relate to the experience of what it's like having to display oneself in a certain way sort of to the male gaze right right oh there is a whole bunch of toxic masculinity in this song too. <laughs> man we're getting deep here so he's just uh you know one of my favorite lyrics working hard girl everything paid for first last phone bill car no cable with your phone not gotta hit them angles with your phone not snapping like you fable and you showing sure up, but it's all right you got it made. You're paying for everything. You're an independent person. And when you're taking photos, it's all about just being the great version of you. It's not about the expectation on the other side. It's, it's, it's a nice message. Cool. Yeah, I did not see that reading, but I like it. And I love how it dovetails with in my feelings. Keep it going. Most importantly, as we were alluding to earlier, this song just overwhelmingly celebrates bounce music. And I'm not a historian of bounce music. I really just loved getting deep into the music and thought it would be fun to share some of the references and how Drake takes those and celebrates them in any situation where you're distilling and massifying any culture, it will be necessarily reductive and there will be issues that are fraught. I by no means think that I can bring a complete perfect narrative into the history of bounce and whether or not we can sort of assess Drake mm. did it right or the wrong way. I think that's probably left more to the originators of that music. No doubt. You know, these tracks did bring a whole new genre into my ears that I didn't know about. So I want, I, I want to share that and, and show how um, the references, I think, actually engage us to want to go and find out more. Cool. All right. Take me there. So to get started, we have to know a little bit more about the origins of Bounce. As you said, developed in New Orleans in the late 1980s, hmm. and it draws from a lot of different musical traditions. In particular, we can hear the call and response style of the Mardi Gras Indians. When you were talking about all of those girls in the background yeah. singing to Drake, yeah. that has a little ba a bit of that sort of call and response oh, yeah, nature. Totally, right? And totally. so that, that is extremely important in Bounce music. Also important is that it stems really from just a couple of core samples that run throughout the whole tradition of bounce. There are a couple of rhythms that are just 
totally essential. And so the first one is from the Showboys. It's the drag rap beat, also called the Trigger Man beat. Check this out. Yeah. Wow. The other essential beat is Cameron Paul's brown beat. Whoa, very different, but equally funky. <laughs> and you're probably wondering how in the world are we going to get back to Drake, but just bear with me for a second. I have faith. I have faith. Also an important sound, and actually you you got it in um in my, in my feelings, feelings yeah. is the the clap sound. Right, um, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a great bounce artist named Cheeky Black who was known for the hand claps in her music. Wow. Yeah. And that's such a distinctive feeling to me because it's just like, I don't know, the word that comes to mind is like relentless. It doesn't let you chill. Yeah. yeah. And at first it can be like almost a little panic inducing, to be honest. But then I think once you break through and you just like let yourself go and sort of submit to that, it's like really liberating, actually. Totally. And these three sounds together are these sort of essential building blocks of which bounce comes out of. Mm. And as it develops, it also, as you brought out, becomes a important point of musical expression for drag and trans performers. Right. The best known of these performers is Big Frida, who has come to popular culture through a number of important references. And Big Frida, when asked about what makes bounce bounce, yeah. she says bounce has to have call and response got to be high energy dance driven must be booty shaking (laughs) high tempo bass heavy and bounce is interactive bounce Mm. is an essential dance music so probably the place that a lot of people first heard bounce was through the mass popularization of twerking which Ah, comes from bounce music and and so miley cyrus did this in like 2013 at the vmas Mm. and it became a sort of viral sensation and was appropriately uh, accused of cultural appropriation, but maybe a better reference point to when we start to hear bounce more in mainstream popular culture was on Beyonce's Formation. Oh, wow, right. A track I've not thought of as bounce, but certainly has those elements and I believe has a music video filmed in New Orleans too. Exactly. Cool, let's spin that, yeah. So Formation, Uh, in its extended form in that music video in New Orleans, which is really powerful, in the extended version, we get the voice of Big Frida. I did not come to play with you hoes. Plot thickens. (laughs) I came to slay, bitch. (laughs) I like cornbreads and collard greens, bitch. Oh, yes, you best believe it. And we hear Big Frida where? At the top of Nice For What? I want to know who my representing it here tonight. Hold on, hold on. Cool. Right. So wow. Big, Big Frida has uh, been in sort of the mass consciousness for a little while yeah. and is an important citation because really is one of the major local stars in the local New Orleans bounce scene. 
learning all this was really important to me because I, when I first heard these tracks and people said, you know, these these are derivative of bounce, I was like, hand claps, 808s, sort of ubiquitous sounds throughout mm-hmm. the world of hip hop. So like, what makes this sound this sound? Yeah, yeah. Right? I think it could just sort of pass you by. Now, of course, what's important is the relationship to those sounds and how they develop and how people's relationship to them and their constant reference makes a culture. So it's all about the actual relationships to those things. And what I think Drake does so well is he drops all of these clues in his track that excite you to go discover more about the music. So I want to uncover within Nice For What, what are those essential bounce elements? And many of them you're going to hear were also in In My Feelings, but now that we understand... yeah the sort of historical context of those sounds, maybe we'll be a little bit more interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I want that specificity. So the first important thing is that he builds Nice For What off of one of those samples. Remember, Bounce Music is built off of these sort of two sort of fundamental samples. Oh, yeah, wait, I remember one. Trigger Man, Trigger, Trigger Man. Man Beat, and... Uh, okay. Brown Beat. Brown Beat. Yeah. Which one? This is the Trigger Man Beat. Cool. Let's uh, listen to Trigger Man one more time. Yeah. Okay, so that's the inspiration. Cool. Here's Drake's rendition. You might be thinking, I'm not hearing it. Like, you know, it, there's a lot happening. There's a lot happening in that beat. There's, the samples are in there. I hear something. I love this moment, though, because yeah. this clip that I grabbed is actually sort of towards the end of the track. All the rest of the elements sort of drop out. Um, you know, there's still some of that sample in there. And then it's just a naked 808 drum machine playing this rhythm. Let's hear it one more time. The Trigger Man rhythm. Yeah. Okay. He's isolating this, I think, as if to say, like, yo, listen up. This is important. Yeah, no, I could hear that. And especially in the scratches, I think. You can that for me. That's like the clear link back definitely, to the original sample. Definitely a link back yeah. to earlier hip hop. And it, still, if these are a little too clashy, you're not hearing it. I just had to mash them up for you. Okay, so, yeah, hit me, yeah. hit me. Yeah, okay, I'm convinced. I, I hear the yeah. Trigger Man beat in the background, and I see how, as you said, if this is a moment where maybe they're kind of revealing, pulling the curtain back a yeah. little bit and yeah. saying, like, hey, check out the DNA of this song, and but, if you want more, go off and check out Trigger Man and all these other yeah, artists. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You got, it's got to have that da, 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 yeah. da, da. Totally. Right? Totally. You know, and, and so what you might not have noticed is that the track that you broke down samples the other popular beat, that brown beat. No way. Yeah. No, I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, here's the brown beat. Hot beat. Oh, yeah. Here it is mashed up together with In My Feelings. Slow down a little bit. 
gotta be real with it. Yeah. Yeah. Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? Say you never ever leave from beside me. Cause I want you and I need you. Alright, that was cool. That was really cool. You just taught me something about that song. I love it. And when you're listening to Nice for What, if you're listening all the way through, all of a sudden there's this drum beat that gets played. And for me, that's when I was like, oh, I need to go listen to yeah. that. I got to find what that is. So the other, of course, the essential element you had on your track as well is that just unbelievable breakdown. Yes. The bounce breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> that just sends my heart rate up like 20 bpm instantly yeah, absolutely i love it and, it and it has that opportunity to say sort of you know hey dancers get yeah. on the floor move it it's the opportunity for the dancers to fill in the space of the track if you're actually in a club in new orleans and that section's happening it's for the dancers yeah. oftentimes the break in a track isn't necessarily made for people to dance to of course you know obviously like the history of hip-hop is made from breaks but a lot of those sections in, in modern music are just kind of like all right well we need some space get to the next thing let it breathe and here this is instruction for somebody to participate to do something it, it moves beyond right. just the performer so what do you think how do you, do you think that this track works well as a bounce track based on the information i have mainly supplied by you at this point <laughs> yeah uh yeah, I would say so. I mean, perhaps a bounce hybrid or something. I would love to know how this would play in a club in in New Orleans, and if, and if it is, yeah. like, yeah, I, I I dug in and did some research. Okay. And, you know, it has um, a lot of supporters and other folks who are probably less excited about it as well. And but, I well, sorry to interrupt, but I also yeah. wonder if there are any like remixes that are even more hyper bounceified or there, something there there are oh, yeah okay. there, there, are, there are some really there are just like where it's pure bad just like yeah. the, the breakdown all the way through right there definitely are some great remixes and similarly for me this is not my culture i did not know about bounce music mm. um but it totally excited my interest and i've now gone off i've bought a big frida album nice. it's amazing yeah i bought a fifth ward weeby album it's really great um actually i want to play one track just really quickly off of uh, big frida has done a track with lizzo called karaoke it's Amazing. it's really fun and you're gonna hear a lot of that same sort of sound yeah Isn't that fun? Oh, man. I got to hear the rest of that. <laughs> we love you, Lizzo. Oh, my gosh. We should just say that in every episode, probably. Yeah. Well, and Big Frida. Oh, my gosh. What a what a track. I thought you were going to bring something different to me, actually, with your track. Oh, and, and what was that? I thought you were going to talk about the deconstruction of pop form, which is one of your favorite topics these days. I, I was tempted, but then I got off on this other masculinity yeah. tip. I remember when we first heard this track earlier this summer and we, we had talked about it, I think the first reading of it sort of purely as just sort of a musical reading was this doesn't have a normal song form. Ah, right, right, right. Right, because it has these all, these bounce interludes. Yeah. And I when I first heard those, I heard them decontextualize. And I was like, that's weird. Mm -hmm. Why does that work? I mean, well, it works because it's just self-evident <laughs> that was the word that i'd used before uh they just work but it wasn't something i was that familiar with and 
what I'm realizing is that this is not a change in song form. This is a merging of other endemic song forms and other even older song forms of call and response into a sort of pop vernacular with, you know, there's still some big hooks in these tracks, but they're interwoven. And I like, I like how you put it in my feelings at one point towards the end, the last time around they're inseparable. Right. No, no, I, I get that. It's like these bounce interludes become these eruptions into the conventional verse chorus form that they follow otherwise. And I feel like we're back to a question you posed initially, which mm-hmm. is like, is this okay? Is it mm-hmm. because I mean, what you've convinced me of so strongly is that man, the success of these songs, Drake owes a lot to this genre and these artists immensely. You're right. right. And we come back to a, a crossroads that popular music is constantly navigating. Right. Where's the line between celebrating and promoting that subculture right. and exploiting it? Right. You know, as I said, I'm not even close to being armed to properly have that discussion because I don't think I have any skin in the game, right? Sure. Like just not being of that culture, it's not for me to decide. In this case, I am thankful to have been informed, brought into, and now just overwhelmingly excited to get to listen to and celebrate that uh, the whole Bounce music world. It's yeah. fantastic. No, and I mean, I think there is a, a case to be made that naming and and representing these figures is important. And Drake does, he does and work, that. And working with he that. He shouts them out. Yeah. He, he, everyone gets to call out in, the, yeah. in these songs. Yeah. And so it's not hard to just go search Black and Mild, City Girls, whoever he's shouting out, yeah. and plug it into Spotify or whatever and, and listen to a lot more. Yeah. Drake versus Drake. Bounce er- off. Everyone wins. <laughs> well, that was a lot of fun. And, you know... We're going to be hearing these songs constantly for a, a while to yeah, come, yeah, right? Definitely. And I'm glad we we went through them because I feel like I can listen to them with a little more nuance now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And given that we're going to be hearing these on repeat everywhere we go, I think there's a lot to celebrate in here. You know what's something I've learned? What's that? If you're listening to a Drake track, uh-huh. and this maybe this is controversial, but listen to everything but Drake. And you might find some really cool source material. I mean, the, the Drake stuff is good there too, but no, 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 no. You know, underneath, there's all these things that there's a lot of thought put into. Yeah, he's. I hate to use this word, but he's almost like less of a pop artist than a pop curator. Oh, absolutely. You I mean, know, in fact, like his album has really totally mixed reviews. A lot of people sort of say like, "There is one good album uh-huh. on this double album." Like, <laughs> what have you done? And the thing is, out of the a thousand songs. Reviewing, I think reviewing anything that he's putting out at this point as an album is almost absurd because the way that he releases music feels more like social media distribution. Right. And I don't mean that cynically. Like, I actually think he's just playing in a different cultural scene to a certain degree. Yeah. And that the albums are an older form. He's just sort of smashing all these things together onto an album. And there are bounce tracks there's a whole sort of hip-hop side to the album. There's an R&B. There's a pop side to the album. There's all these different elements that are happening. And maybe they don't collide into one body of work, but they're not being released that way. They're not being consumed that way. And you know what? You can cherry-pick on a playlist whatever you like. And these, there's, I think there's a reason why these tracks rise to the top. Well, okay. I, we, we really need to wrap this up. But <laughs> I, that does make me think of one thing, which is that like in a way that is Drake getting back to the original album. 
Hmm. Not like I think we think of albums in the way that we've oh, been yeah. taught to think about them, like right. post I don't know Sgt. Pepper or something, like right? Like a coherent sounds, musical idea, Marvin Gaye, right? Like you know these right these Stevie Wonder these like statements right. of a coherent A to Z like right. togetherness, right? But you know of course like where does the name album come from, Charlie? Oh, I'm clueless. It's an album like a photo album. Oh, it's a photo album, yeah. Well, it's like if we go back to the beginning of the 20th century, you could only fit three and a half minutes of music on one side of a 78 RPM record. Right. Which sort of dictated the length of pop songs. Right. And it meant that if you wanted to like listen to anything longer than, you know, two, three and a half minute sides, yeah. you had to just get more records. Right. And so if you're going to get a bunch of records and keep them in one place... You put them in an album. You put them in an album. So you would buy... At some point, you would start buying albums. And oh, then... It's like a compilation of all of these things. And then once the uh, the vinyl LP, literally the long playing record, comes out towards the end of the 1940s, then you don't need 12 distinct 78 right. rpm discs it's all on one mm. but the name remains ah, even though it's a single disc we still call it an album an album of songs and then the collage of songs which had been previously disconnected yes. at some point the album becomes a form people became very obsessed with that form for a very long time it doesn't make nearly as much sense anymore precisely but uh, you know it's like yeah. same same as it ever was right same as it ever That's was not, yeah. it's new but it's yeah. also maybe as yeah. old as the birth yeah. of the recording industry I've listened to a lot of stuff on scorpion there's things that are interesting there's things yeah. i don't like there's something for everybody these two oh, okay we really we really we have to go. sign off go. now this episode of switched on pop was produced and edited by me nate sloan and me charlie harding our mixing editing engineering and little like extra magical touch yes. is all done by bill lance our community manager is sarah terry and our design is by luke harris you can find more episodes at www.switchedonpop.com or any podcast player you like. We'll be back in two weeks with another one, and we are proud members of the Panoply Network. Until then, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening.